I have been so geeky this week, you guys. You and are the Yoda of abdominal tumors. The right amount of drunk for this. Dead characters do not yield spin-offs. This is Serious Business. Yes, we did see that coming, and this is Serious Business, the drunkest, nerdiest podcast on the planet. My name is Rob, and today, today we return to the franchise that kicked off this very podcast three goddamn years ago. Marvel's Avengers, they're back in theaters with Joss Whedon's Age of Ultron sequel. Maybe you've heard of it. Our crack squad of podcasters bought tickets and took a gander and have many a thought. But before that, let's meet our panel. Let's start with John. John, how are you? Good. I'm good, Rob. <laughs> you sound great. <laughs> just say that. So I thought just to give new listeners maybe a little context now that it has been three years since uh, we started the podcast and saw the first Avengers movie, now that it's simmered with us, it's marinated in our thought juices, like, what is the star rating that you would give the original Avengers now? And is it different than your what you remember to be your original rating? I think when I first saw it, I had really high standards for it. So I don't, I don't remember what I, what <clears throat> I ended up giving it on the first podcast. But right now, I'd probably give it a... Solid three and a half. Three and a half? That's pretty strong. Three and a half or four. Or four. That's very strong. All right. So it hasn't changed that much because you were a fan when it first came out. I think I, I think when I immediately saw it, I was a fan, and then I watched it again, and, and <laughs> I wasn't a fan. And I watched it again like a year later, and I was a fan. Wow. So Okay. It sounds like a wild ride. Okay. And what, if anything, are you drinking this evening? Since summer is finally here, Already. I'm drinking a Sam Adams Porch Rocker. Porch Rocker? Is that the lemonade one? Yeah. Oh, mm. I like those. Okay. Very <laughs> jealous. Let's move on to Kristen. Kristen, how art thou? How art thou? Uh, <laughs> smashing. Okay, great. That's the best answer, is smashing. Yeah. Uh, Wherefore and- art thou? <laughs> Uh, which basically means who the, the fuck is again? you yeah mm-hmm. yeah which is basically what i meant mm-hmm. um what what um what now that uh three years have passed what would you give the avengers now in stars i don't remember what i gave it previously i've killed too many brain cells since then uh, mm-hmm. but now i'd probably give it a two mm-hmm. yeah i think <clears throat> i think i remember you being a little more forgiving than two yeah maybe not much more forgiving but i feel like i might have given it a three or something but okay yeah all right and what if what if anything are you drinking this evening a screwdriver screwdriver mm-hmm. Ow. one of my first cocktails was screwdriver yeah and I it mean, was like it's, it's great it's juice and oh vodka, i didn't so it's you know yeah, yeah, yeah hand holding yeah it's an emergency cocktail yeah well quick story a couple weeks ago i was hosting a party it was like a daytime brunch type party mm-hmm. and we made mimosas like we hand them out when people came in um mm-hmm. but we ran out of champagne so you know there are a couple people left over and said can we make more mimosas like i don't have any champagne left and one of them went well can we make screwdrivers I'm like i do have vodka so <laughs> everyone get trashed at brunch uh pretty much yes uh and let's move on to jeff jeff how are you good sir i'm god fucking awful yeah <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine i'm just kidding um i'm i'm, I'm doing uh, pretty well I'm, I'm very busy but it's busy with good things in a good way so i'm i'm happy about all that stuff that's swell to hear in a mm-hmm. genuine sense i didn't mean that sounds snarky um <laughs> that's, that's that's just swell it's swell for you i remember you being a defender of the first avengers has that changed at all what would you give it in stars now I don't think it's changed much. I, I don't remember exactly what I gave it, but I think it's still in four or slightly over four territory. Wow, Jesus. that's really strong. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. And, and I think it's because I still hold on to the, the thought that The Avengers struck me as an impossible movie to make. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Whedon made a movie that like not only worked, but was at least enjoyable to me, was... <laughs> Just so like shocking that I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> okay, you know, so grading on curve. credit work that I did too. And I did hear you cracking something before we start recording. What might that be? 
That would be Sam in a can. A Sam Boston lager. In a can? In a can. That's an abomination. I've never even seen those. Is that common around there now? Rob, the Uh, cans, beers in the cans over here, it's like wildfire. (laughs) Like everything is in a can now. Uh, well, uh, that's that's good to hear. It's it's pleasing. It's pleasing. It's good for podcasting because it makes that great noise when you open. It. Oh yeah, that yeah. great sound. Uh huh. Um, so it's good to hear the drinking. Yes. If you if no one hears it, it doesn't really count. <clears throat> um, so I was probably the hardest on Avengers when it first came out. I was bitterly disappointed with it. I don't know what I was expecting either. I I don't know what happened. It was it was an odd time for me. I was just about to move um, across country, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I was in a weird emotional state, but I was very upset with the first Avengers. But I would did go back and watch it again. I think I gave it one star at the time. Uh, I would up that to two now. Um, I watch it with you know a little distance and understanding, and there are some elements of genuine merit there, and I do find myself enjoying large swaths of it, especially the end. I think the end is uh, the final invasion of new york is is very entertaining and quite good so yeah i'm gonna up it to two to maybe two and a half stars for the first avengers which i know is is a recant in some way but uh i don't know sometimes you just get to give a movie it's due and uh yeah avengers two to two and a half and what am i drinking this may be a podcast first for me but uh i made an old-fashioned nice yeah keeping it classy actually made a cocktail I mean, Which is not to. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's old for two ingredients, yeah. but uh, Shut up. yeah. So we got a couple of contact uh, cocktails going. So I think I think you always got to give props when somebody goes to the the third goes to the level of making a a cocktail for the podcast. That's, <laughs> that's good. Good effort. So let's uh, talk. We all saw the movie, and as usual, we'll be spoiling the crap out of this movie. So uh, listeners, be warned. Optimally go see the movie first and come back and find us. I want to talk, let's jump into sort of what we liked about it, but against sort of like what our expectations were. So what your expectations were going in and what parts of the movie exceeded or met those expectations. Obviously, there's a lot of hype behind this and we've all seen more than a dozen hours of Marvel movie content at this point. So uh, we're deep into this. What did you expect, and what was what met those expectations or exceeded them? Let's start with Jeff. All right. I think, you know, given that I really enjoyed the first one, I was expecting just a tight, fun movie. You know, something that ideally would have some exciting conflict resolution that would be filled with witty banter and that would have a good dosage of spectacle. And I think this movie had all those things, but um and 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 you know it was enjoyable to me in that respect but it was also filled with a lot of unfortunate bloat on top of that i think the movie kept tr- trying to flirt with ideas that were well above its pay grade i guess <laughs> pay grade is probably not the right thing to say because it's a nice thing it, to say you know, though it's a nice thing yeah. to say yeah well pay grade is also not the nice thing to say because the movie made a fuck ton of money <laughs> You know, I just, uh, I I liked the movie when it wasn't trying to be anything more than a simple summer blockbuster that's well executed. So that's a simple way of putting putting my thoughts, I think. Okay. All right. Christian, what were you expecting and what parts, if any, (laughs) met your highest expectations? So the trailers actually did a pretty good job of hiding most of the third act and some of the end of the second act. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of glad that the whole Hulkbuster fight sequence wasn't actually that long. From the trailers, I thought that might be like the big boss fight, and it wasn't. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was going to be, you know, like a lot of punching and would be kind of boring. So the last sequence is a little more thrilling than that. So it had that going for it. I would agree. And I always, I do enjoy the, because when we watch trailers now, we sort of populate like the fill in the blank uh, structure in our minds of where things go. Mm-hmm. And it's always kind of refreshing when we get that wrong, mm. uh, just for sake of like, oh, this is surprising. So, oh, the scene is already happening like that. Um, oh, yeah. That, yeah, right, right. That terrible tableau shot of them all jumping at the same time. It looks awful. Um, right in the first 
Yeah. It looks better in the movie because it's over faster, so you don't have to look at how terribly CGI'd it is, where they tried to shove them all into the same frame and defy all physics. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that, well, I guess we'll get to things we don't like, but that, (laughs) that first sequence uh, left me, like, so aggravated and, like, cold as, like, an audience member, but we'll get to that, we'll get to that. it's real bad. Okay, good. (laughs) John, let's move on to you. What were your expectations going in? Well, um, I think that I came, I've come to enjoy the first one on the merits of just being like a, a really fun summer movie and just enjoying like what I, what I got the most out of the first one was just watching basically that whole third act, mm-hmm. that fight, yep. like just enjoying the action and seeing all the characters together yeah. and not really holding it, you know, such a high standard. So that's what I went into this one expecting. Like I, I, I was just like expecting it to expecting to enjoy it just on, on a you know a level of fun plus you know a lot of the later marvel movies like iron man 3 and captain america winter soldier and guardians of the galaxy i think those movies upped the bar in terms of the quality so i was expecting each voltron to be you know much better and more fun than the first one <laughs> And plus, you know, being freed of the obligation of exposition and not having to explain all these characters together. Right. You know, I was expecting something fun, but have something that had a little bit more depth than the first one. Okay. And, you know, I, I think that it succeeded in some ways in that and, and didn't in, in other ways. Yeah. Well, well, first me. I mean, I I went in with pretty low expectations just because I wanted to avoid the disappointment that I experienced with the first one. And I have to say that, I just say for the most part, I was, I had watched Iron Man 3 last week and just like really enjoyed it again and had a, had fun watching the, especially that, that final sequence with the, the fight. And I was like, man, I just really, I'm in the mood to watch like all this spectacular stuff. You know, all the zapping and the punching and the explosions. I was just in that sort of mood. So I was like, this is perfect. Like, I'm about to see the Avengers sequel. I'm not expecting anything else. I just kind of want to see cool shit. And I think that was a way more healthy headspace going in than whatever my headspace was going in to see the first one where I thought they were really sort of going to reach for something. And But this one, it did... I think reach for a few things, as Jeff mentioned, but I enjoyed more the spectacle of it and just sort of tried to focus in on the, on the elements that really worked on a fun level. And there were several of them. I wouldn't say that they were as many as they went for, but I left the theater more satisfied as a piece of entertainment than it was than, say, like a film or a movie or a story. So that worked for me in that way. We mentioned a couple of things we liked, Kristen. You liked the ending more than the Hulkbuster fight, which okay, sure, yes, I agree with that. Let's mention well. a, let's let's talk <laughs> let's talk about a few other things that worked for us in a ways that were either expected or unexpected. Well, actually, let's, let's start with Kristen. There might might not be a long list, but <laughs> other than the fact that the climax was maybe a bit more thrilling than you expected, was there anything in the movie that you felt worked? It's deeply unfair that Chris Hemsworth gets to have that face and that body and that comic timing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's not natural. No, he was hilarious. <laughs> I, like, his comics, I liked... He and Ruffalo were the funniest parts of those movies. Just any time Ruffalo just shutting down Tony Stark. Just, nope, nope, we're not doing that. And of course, you know, failing, but them being I, uh... funny was the good part. <laughs> I agree. I, I think Thor, even though the Thor movies themselves are some of my least favorite Marvel movies, I think <clears throat> Thor works sort of best in the Avengers setting where he's kind of the fish out of water guy. Um, well, there are funny moments in the Thor movies too, like the whole bit in the sure. um, the diner in the first one. And yes, everything and, yeah, that yeah. was funny. I was also super interested with, with how they were going to keep Thor sort of invested in a plot with Ultron because, like in the first movie, Loki's the bad guy; it's his brother. That makes sense. In this one, you just fuck off. You to can Asgard. really you you can really see them struggling to be like, okay, why is this guy here? For an and info they... dump at the end. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> hey guys, I found out a bunch of, of about a whole new set of movies, so let's wrap this up. 
basically. Uh, I went on a yes. fishing quest. <laughs> yes. But I got to take my shirt um, off. Yep. So. Oh, jeez. Okay, uh, Jeff, what were parts that you, you thought really worked in Age of Ultron? Uh, you know, I... Uh... I think I liked and respected the personality decision with Ultron. I wish we'd gotten maybe a little bit more time to to <laughs> develop the character and not just sort of have him randomly decide that it's time to destroy the world. Yeah. But um, I, I liked. <laughs> I really, I really, I was, I was in a, I was a bit hungover when I saw this movie, awesome. and when uh, <laughs> when Ultron tore that guy's arm off, I lost it i just i Wait, i couldn't up. deal with how say again what did you throw up what do you mean no lost i thought it was cat. hilarious oh i was okay. in like this zombie-ish mode where i just i just started laughing in that like hungover way where you're just like i don't know you're just you're just really tickled and amused by something that like shouldn't <laughs> be that amusing to you but i thought that was that was a really funny moment where just just seeing this giant robot be like oh that's oh, going to be okay. Yeah. That's okay, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, that's going to be fine. That, yeah. Like, just, I don't know. I thought that was really funny. I also liked, uh, I liked Hawkeye's grumbling throughout the movie. I thought that was kind of a good touch. Nobody and, uh, would even ever though I'm know. Not, yeah, nobody would ever know. Yeah, that was great. That was great. I think, yeah. uh, I would agree with you. I was a little wary of, of James Spader voicing Ultron, at least in the marketing materials and the TV spots and the trailers, I was like, oh god, I don't know if I can, I can do this. But it works way better in the context of the movie, and of yeah. course, a lot of the, the moments and scenes that we don't get in the marketing right. materials, I thought it actually it worked way better. If uh, will get to me, but that was one one element that I thought really surpassed expectations. Yeah, and when, when Ultron first wakes up, also that I think closely matched my like hungover mentality. This is just like this is what where, is this? Where am I? Why are there, there are all these there are all these lights and sounds? Why? <laughs> what is happening? This Why is am right. I here? <laughs> uh, Jeff's who are ex you? What are you existential to me? hungover crisis comes alive on yeah. screen. Um, exactly. Jeff's movie date let's with move. Scarlet Witch. <laughs> Well, that's great. John, let's, let's move on to you. What parts of the movie really were in your wheelhouse? What, what really just tickled you pink? I like the opening scene. Oh, you did? It's just like a, a little bit. I mean, I, mean, I guess story-wise. Don't shame him. A whole lot of I'm not. Okay. <laughs> this is a safe place. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of the, um, the opening, that big, long opening shot either. But, um, you know, once it got going a little bit, I liked... I like sort of like that mansion invasion. And then I don't know if I, I really had one favorite scene or part. I mean, I, I liked all the action scenes. I, I'm, I liked it generally. I don't, I'm having a hard time zeroing in on He's a simple man you know. with simple tastes. <laughs> it's just well, there were, there was Hulk smashing and there was Thor I'm, lightninging. And yeah, you know what? Cool. Like, you don't laugh at John because, like, in my mind, too. I, it, I just felt like it was such a such an artery of information that was just being pummeled yeah, <laughs> with that like I'm actually struggling even to come up with like the opening tag for the show and stuff I'm like god what do I even say I, I don't this movie just like washed over me so um, I was, I was, here, you know? I've, been, I've been thinking about that too like what because you, you know usually we get into this type of stuff and I was like yeah. I don't I don't know, man. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I liked how a lot of the big action scenes were segmented in a way that, like, it felt like each of those big action scenes could have been, like, an issue of a, you know, a comic book issue. Like, oh, cool. yeah, this issue, they're, you know, they're they're fighting in this mansion. And, the, you know, they're fighting on, what was his name? Baron Von Strucker. Strucker. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the Hawkeye stuff, the Hawkeye farm stuff. And I liked the pieces in which it was broken up into, I guess. I don't know. That's cool. No, I mean, I hear you. I, I think it, this one did feel more episodic in a way. Sometimes yeah. That's a good one. 
in in ways that I felt hurt the story, which I guess we'll get into. But in other ways, I thought it was great. And then I know that they've talked about some of the behind the scenes promo stuff. Like they really wanted to make this international. And I thought that that was a great way to break up parts of the story. Like there's, God, I can't even remember the name of the country. Um, Oh, generic Balkan state? Yeah, yeah, Balkan state. Yeah, generic Balkan state and uh, generic and African I was a big state. Fan of generic, yeah, yeah, fictional African state. Um, so yeah, but but I don't know. I I enjoyed the different textures we were getting there. Is you know as sort of like homogenized as it is because this whole movie is just like dull people like dodging lasers. But at least we were getting different scenery and that I don't know it felt different. And I enjoyed that. It gave, I gave the film a little more movement that I don't think the first Avengers had. So I hear, John, I, I hear what you're saying. What did I like? I liked, I, uh, like I said, Ultron, I thought, came off way better than I expected him to. I thought, like, God, why would you make a giant death robot just, uh, like, the 17th snarky character in a movie filled with snarky characters? But I thought that, I don't know. I don't know. It worked. And I found his rhetoric, even though... A lot of this movie was incomprehensible. A lot of his little like quips and uh, you know zingers to the team were evocative of like an idea that I wanted to explore. Of course, they weren't explored, but it is thrilling to get those little snippets, which reminded me of Man of Steel, where the villains also do that, but they make no sense and they're not cool and they're just sort of like ugh. So I enjoyed that there was, it, it sounded like at one point there was some some kind of philosophy engine behind Ultron, but it, by the time it got to screen, it was fragmented into like a billion different pieces. What else did I like? I, oh, know, go ahead. He, just pointing out, he is basically Lilo Dallas multipass if the fifth element had gone horribly wrong at the end. Mm-hmm. That's basically his origin story is downloading the entire internet. I mean, let's right. be real. If like we just got a motherload of the internet and planted it into our brain in five seconds, we'd go crazy too. Yeah, no, and I like like that he, rather than making Ultron like a cold sort of like calculating thing, like he had like a, an insanity to him, which you don't usually see with robot characters. And I Mm -hmm. thought that they played that nicely in a way that I didn't expect for a Marvel movie. What else did I like? I actually... I think this movie went for more laughs than it actually gets, but the laughs that it did get, I laughed more than in Age of Ultron than I did in the first Avengers. I don't know what that means. I don't think that it was, that means it's a very funny movie. Laughing three times or something doesn't doesn't make it, you know, uh, a knee slapper. But I do think that there were moments that I was like, oh, okay, that was actually legitimately funny, which I didn't necessarily feel that, that way in the first Avengers Honestly, too, something that John reminded me of, I thought that this film, for everything that tried to cram in, thinking about it after I watched it, it it feels like a mess. But as I was watching it, it felt very balanced, which is a weird thing to say. There was only one moment where I was like, oh, whoa, I totally forgot about that. And it's a moment where they they cut to, like, Thor fighting Ultron. And I was like, oh, jeez, I totally forgot that was even fucking happening. Um, (laughs) So, um... I think some credit goes there, and I can see what Jeff is saying about the first Avengers. Like, well, I thought it was impossible. I thought this was going to be impossible, given all the characters that were rumored to be in it and all the different plot lines and mythology. I think if anything, if Whedon gets credit for anything here, it's his management of information. I don't know if that adds up to a story, but I do feel like that overall this hung together better than its predecessor. So... The order is very tall, to say the very least. It's very tall, and I thought it was more successful than I thought it was, was going to be. So hats off in that area, and um, I think that was sort of key for me, enjoying it more. But let's get at <laughs> to what we have already can't uh, stop ourselves from talking from, <laughs> is the issues that we're having. Um, the main event. The main event, yeah, really. The first Avengers episode sounded much like a celebration, me subtracted. Uh, It does sound like there are some legitimate grumbles this time around. So I don't know who to start with. Kristen, do you want to go first and fire it off? Oh, man. You're going to get a screed from me, so. (laughs) (laughs) 
Let's go, John. You are sort of ambivalent about the good things, which we understand. <laughs> what left you wanting? Well, I think one of the biggest things, and I think we've already touched on it a little bit already, was that Ultron wasn't super well-developed to, to start with. I think, to me, it felt like he just popped up out of, you know, literally just blinked into existence and... You know, there was a moment of sort of like self-discovery, but then I think the, he turned very quickly into the, you know, must destroy all humans to yeah to have peace. Um, so I think he just turned into an all-evil villain pretty abruptly, and I think that that could have been a little bit more gradual instead of him just turning, you know, totally evil right away. That felt a little abrupt and sudden the other thing was i didn't like how like i thought in the first one they did a better job handling black widow um <laughs> and, <laughs> you're not alone john <laughs> yeah spoiler alert oh brother yeah but like in the first one they they did a better job making her you know look like a very independent character and a very talented spy Fem Patel, you know, and and this one she sort of comes off as you know Hulk's girlfriend is her main mm. main story. Um, I mean, they did start, they did get into some interesting things with her background when the Scarlet Scarlet Witch put her right, you know, yeah, into that life. dream sequence. Right. Yeah. Well, other than that, I, I feel like you know Black Widow has put her time in into these movies, and she's not not getting much of a payoff. Well, I think that's very uh, astute and well said, and I don't think that's the last we'll talk about her tonight, but uh, I I think you'll find a resounding agreement, not just here, but uh, on the interwebs. That seems to be a prevalent bullet point for Marvel and Joss Whedon and everyone involved. Jeff, let's... To Joss Whedon to, to, to delete his Twitter. No, yeah. allegedly. Yeah. We don't I, know what... Allegedly. Doing. We don't know why, but we don't yeah. know why. I, I, I'd hate to... I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to talk definitively about that, but yeah, that is the rumor. Jeff, kick it off for us. Oh, uh, I'll Jeff. leave a lot of the the Black Widow stuff uh, for Kristen. Um, I've had a lot of time to think about this movie, and I've talked to people who both love and hate it, and that's uh, that's allowed me to hone in on what what really did bother me about it. I think. Um, you know, as Rob and I have both alluded to, uh, there are a lot of interesting themes that are sort of set up or played with in this movie that don't get explored. Um, uh, you know, and I think it would be impossible to explore those themes in this movie. But uh, uh, the way they were presented, it ended up being mostly just a distraction for me. I think the big problem is that a lot of the character development centers around this idea of individual visions that each character has. Yeah. You know, we, we learn about the fears that these characters have and the, the flaws that these characters have through those visions in a crossover movie. That's this big. I don't think you can afford to take an approach like that. Mm -hmm. I think we learn about the characters in the first Avengers by watching them interact directly with each other here, taking the vision approach kind of puts them all in little bubbles, uh, little vacuums, you know, it's, it's more appropriate for each of them in their own franchises to kind of be developed in that way. And the fact that it happens at the beginning of the movie, it, it made me think, or at least towards the beginning of the movie, mm -hmm. it made me think, oh, is this what this is going to be about? And it turns out to not really be about any of that stuff. Like, we don't, <laughs> yeah. explore, we don't explore Tony's fears. We don't explore Tony's megalomania in the way that we should. They shake we it don't off explore very Thor's fears. Yeah. Yeah. They shake it off way quickly. Like none of that development gets addressed at all whatsoever. And the the frustrating part about that is that it's interesting. Like I, I really like this idea of Ultron being the dark version of Tony Stark. And I mean they, they, they even execute his character by giving him Tony's personality and, and having him hate Tony in the way, you know, a petulant child who's exactly like their parents might hate their parents. So I, I, I was hoping that the movie would maybe be more about that sort of thing. And I think if, if they had decided to uh, focus more on just developing the characters by having them interact with each other, like don't show us their fears in a vision, like just have them, their, their fears be manifest in the way they interact with one another, like create the conflict in that way. I think that would have made for a tighter 
experience overall. That and just, you know, maybe maybe paring down some of the bloat. There's a lot of sort of subplot that might have been broken or could have been done away with that would have allowed us to explore a few themes better than a lot of themes, not at all. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that, I think, overall is what bugged me. Uh, I think that's false too, and it will get, it'll get to me, I guess. But yes, uh, agreed and seconded. So, Christian. So, yeah, the character moments in this were just awful. Like, I feel like the characterization on everyone was, or at least the major players, was way off. I mean, Tony's been a problem in his individual movies and everyone where he seems to learn a lesson. You know, he's, he starts off awful mm-hmm. or, like, making a mistake. He learns a lesson by the end of the movie. And then the next movie, he makes the same sort of mistake all over again. And then, like, at the beginning of the movie, you know, Cap does that whole language thing. And I, I was, like, sitting in the theater ready to shriek, he wouldn't say that! I mean, again, that's probably personal headcanon, but, you know, Cap probably swears like a sailor. He was in World War II. Anyway. (laughs) So at that point, I was already kind of out. So yeah, let's talk about that Black Widow scene. It was basically awful. I don't feel like I have to explain it. Like, it was fairly evident at the moment that her referring to her sterilization, making her a monster, is awful. And I've seen people bending over backwards to excuse Joss and say that's not what he meant, that her work as a spy is what makes her think she's a monster, but it's not. And I mean, the way the whole scene plays is wrong from the get-go. I mean, they're talking about being boyfriend-girlfriend. She and Banner are talking about being boyfriend-girlfriend. And he says, you know, I can't reproduce or whatever. And like, the first thing out of her mouth should have been, so? Like, they haven't even kissed yet. Like, let's pump the brakes on the family planning. You know? Like... Mm-hmm. she's not asking him to marry her. She's like, let's hook up a little bit and ease some tension. Like, come on. But then there's that whole bit. Yeah, that's where... a great point. Yeah. And like, you know, but they all express this desire to have this like nuclear family. Well, except Cap, but he's all broken up about it because he's somehow broken because he actually would rather be a soldier than be a family man. I mean, Tony is like wistfully dreaming about a white picket fence with Pepper, who's a company CEO. When have yeah. they ever wanted to work on a farm? It's ridiculous. You're right. It's, yeah, it's topsy-turvy based on what we know about the characters. And, you know, I, I think this, what you're explaining about the character moments, including what you're saying about Black Widow, I think is directly related to uh, what Jeff was just saying, where she's like, there's just no room to do anything. Mm-hmm. And things are happening because they need to happen and not because they're earned. Which is and sad, that's though. Pati- yeah, no, it's but particularly because, damaging with the characters, yeah. But because this movie, and I was kind of thinking about this today, there's not a lot that happens that is important to the universe. And like my, no. pro- my problem with this is that this is the 11th movie in this whole phase one, phase two thing. You know, yeah. it's not counting like the first Hulk or whatever. <laughs> Poor Ang Lee. Uh, oh, I, I never saw it, so I don't know. But um, maybe not pouring. Uh, <laughs> but they should, at this point, they should start cashing the checks they've written. They have all yeah. this backstory, and there's been no payoff. Like, everything that happens in this movie is contained within this movie. Ultron starts and ends in this movie. And so I'm, I'm going to compare it to Winter Soldier, which I think is, like, the standout of the movie so far. As, like, that... I mean, sorry, Jeff, close your ears. Um, that brings back a character. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It bring, resurrects a character and ends S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, those are things that happen that have ripple effects throughout the movies. Yes. This movie, it, it you know, the villain starts and ends this movie. The apparently sad death of a character who is introduced in this movie. Yes, yes. Uh, and that fucking blew me away when that happened because oh, that I was, was the only point. So hard. I was too, and I thought they were setting. I thought they were setting that up for a really dark statement on this whole thing. Oh, Josh, and subversion somehow. Oh, oh my god! I I was like, what? I, because everyone knows that they're planning this phase three, and you know, a building a new Avengers team, and that just hit me like a curveball. Not only as like a like a franchise decision, like a business decision, and and the fact that we were expected to care in that moment, I was like, I can't even remember a thing this guy fucking said and like there's all this like swelling music and everything and i was like ah man 
that's uh, that's kind of rough. And suddenly Barton's um, all sad enough to name his kid after this guy who he had been like threatening five seconds ago. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, Scarlet Witch um, sold it. That was like an interesting moment of her freaking out. But oh yeah, she, her reaction was good. Yeah, but I mean, I that's Elizabeth it. Olsen being awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, also her her kind of, her like carrying out of Ultron's metal metal heart. Oh, which yeah. was dumb, but also, but she she sold it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of the things, I mean, I, I I agree with everything we said with with the characters and Black Widow, in particular. But I think Kristen's the point I, I sort of wanted to make was like, yeah, start writing some checks because I can't believe that they made this an Infinity Stones thing again because <laughs> like we know we know and like it it. That isn't the thing that gets us to see the next movie. And because you're shoehorning that in, you're just hurting it. And they've been doing this since Iron Man 2. They they keep laying groundwork for movies that haven't been made yet. As a fan, I'm like, yeah, I want to I want Ultron to have space to to be believable. I want these characters if there's a romance or if there's a tragic backstory. I want to see those things earned over the time because no one in like the popular movie space has time like Marvel and they're not using it in ways that mm-hmm. other filmmakers would use space. They're using it to sell other movies and the whole Thor <laughs> thing where he comes back and he's like, I just found out about the stones and it's like, come on, really? We're doing this now? We're, we're about to jump into the third act and you're talking about just have Chris a movie Pratt coming out in it. four years. Yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, but, you know, I feel like some of the buzz and some of the hype was making it seem like this was going to be a game changer. That stuff happens. And at the end of Age of Ultron, like the whole, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe game changes. So I feel like it was sort of set up to do all those things. And it just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like we were saying, like Christian was saying, (laughs) the fact that this movie was self-contained just makes it just so obvious that like, oh, this is just a bridge to another thing. And I don't know how to put it to you guys, but you're always going to be disappointed in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, No, it's it's literally going to be nothing but this. Like, I'm going to be super cynical about it, but I mean, you set your expectations to to this because (laughs) every single, every single movie they make is going to have like 30 fucking minutes. That's going to be dedicated to setting up another movie that they're going to make. And you know what? They're going to continue to make, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars off that. And as long as that's occurring, they don't, they aren't, they don't have incentive to change. Like it's, yeah. you know, this movie, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, not gonna rub it in too much or anything, but you know, it's like <laughs> 100, 187 million dollars. <laughs> so, um, yeah. um, so, uh, you know, they're, they're not gonna, you know, they, there's going to be the, the strong possibility that large segments of, all of their movies are going to be dedicated to advertising for the next one. Oh, it just is what it is. And I wish it wasn't that way, but it's probably going to be. Yeah. Just send my prayers to the Russo brothers right now. I just, guys, get on the stick. Make Cap 3 already. (sighs) Uh, Cap 3? It's going to be... Oh, yeah, but then they're adding all the... They're They're adding all the characters. You you know what blows me away too is that like you're setting up these movies and you're not you're setting them up with uh, MacGuffins and you're not setting them up emotionally. Yeah. Like how great would it have been at the end of Age of Ultron where they all say their goodbyes, Thor leaves, and Tony and and um, Steve look at each other and Tony just leaves and they don't bump fists or whatever and they don't they don't exchange the quip and like yeah. shit is not right between them. And it's like yeah, that, is, I mean, that is how you do that. Like, that is how you do that. You you don't you don't. I don't care about a glowing rock for the next movie. I care about what these characters feel about each other, about themselves, about the world, and like those things are just like can change at will to serve you know 
you know, the Infinity War plan. Yeah, so, they blow all the smoke about, like, teamwork and we're a team and everything. But, like, that moment when they yeah. first get Vision back played, like, a bad improv sketch. Um, where <laughs> yeah. they, no, you know, good, everybody. Everything's actually fine. <laughs> no, but, like, what they teach in improv is you don't physically fight. Because then the scene's over. Like, it feels like conflict, but it's actually nothing. Um, and so you've got, like, these two factions of the same team, like, fighting over this, you know, casket, whatever they called it, cradle. Um, yeah. Which, the whole childhood theme thing that, that's disgusting. Um, and... And then they just start punching each other. Like, you sit down and talk to each other for five seconds and you'll figure out what's going on. But no, they just start wailing on each other. And then suddenly, like, know. five minutes later, they're like, but we're a team. We'll die for you. I know. Okay. I know. It's one, it's one thing to, like, shortcut that scene right to, to you know, punching. But because of the fact that, like, violence is the currency that these movies run on, the fact that they were, like, laying hands on each other and it goes, like, unmentioned... For the rest of the movie, it's just like, what? Why? <sighs> to sell toys, I guess. But I, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I, I just... All right, guys. Vision's got the hammer. <laughs> it's all good. I have to say, uh, I actually thought Vision was pretty cool. And, like, I felt more towards the uh, the Vision character than I did um, the twins. Um, I have as a new, as new, Yeah, go ahead. Well, is his origin canonical in the comics do you know or are they pretty just, much or okay i didn't know if they were much. bending themselves over backwards to explain why they can't well, call betany twice well no i in the no in the in the comics um vision is an invention of ultron meant to be his like perfect like hitman kind of character the muscle basically and then he switches sides there is no jarvis integration oh. in the in the books, Jarvis is Jarvis is basically like an Alfred. He's an actual butler. Yeah, that's true oh, too. He's not even like, he's not even a computer. In the oh, interesting. Books. Okay. Um, yeah. But I did, I did uh, I did enjoy that. Uh, it was kind of clunky, but I, I like the setup for Vision. That you know, yeah, the next yeah. stage of Ultron. I thought that was all very good. And then they're trying to steal the body. I thought I thought all that worked very well. Um, I still and know I, any I of their think, powers are, but. Between he and Scarlet oh, yeah. Witch, it's like, wait, what oh, exactly can they do? Scarlet Witch, yeah. Scarlet Witch, I figured out, like, at the end of the movie is basically Jean Grey. Um, <laughs> and Vision can just, has, like, like 40 powers. Like, even in the books, he has, like, a billion powers. He can, like, go intangible, and he can shoot, like, mind bullets, and he can fly. Kind of a Dr. Manhattan type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's That's the, the Dr. Manhattan character. Yeah. Only magenta. But I thought... Wasn't I thought there he was even... Played. Wasn't there even a great moment where, like, during one of the action sequences, I think War Machine, like, sees Vision, like, yes. reach yeah. through a robot and, like, tear it apart from the inside, and he, he his reaction is, like, uh, the, you know, meant yeah. to shape, yeah, he's, he's literally just like, okay! He's a little nonchalant about it, but just like, okay, right. what happens? That was, um, that was one of the bigger laughs I had. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. actually, uh, actually, um really enjoyed um that they integrated war machine because mm -hmm. uh, watching iron man 3 again they really shorted that character um and uh there is that like really great money shot of them him flying with tony again when they first arrive and i was like yeah i felt like the team getting back mm -hmm. together but that's like that is like the slippery slope of these movies like i i cannot live and die by these movies by seeing like two characters look cool and that's what like all these all these movies are. So um, yeah, it's manipulative in that way, I suppose. I saw a great comic. It was the Maximoffs and Tony, I guess, and they're like, "Wait, we're fighting a giant robot," and Quicksilver disappears. He's like, "I have my dad." <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's an interesting thing how the the cinematic universe has to do deal with there being no X Men. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like for the those the, uh, well, they're enhancements. Yeah, they're not that mutants. was weird too. They're not Magneto. Oh. It's like the zombie they're... and zombie movies. Like, don't say it. Don't yeah. say the Z yeah. word. <sighs> is that is that it? Does everyone feel emptied? I think that's it, man. I feel cathartic, I so. man. This yeah. is good. Let's. Uh, we did it. We did it. We did it. But uh, we gotta fucking rate it, uh, <laughs> as tradition states. So, um, if you want to say a sentence or two to sum up your your thoughts and feelings, 
this is the moment, but um, we're going to rate this sucker. So let's start with Kristen. <laughs> Kristen, final thought. You know, I, I wasn't expecting to like this going in, but I, I didn't expect to be quite this angry about it. Because I still... <laughs> I like, mm. you know, superhero movies and stuff. Like, I like what they could be, and so I am judging it based on the potential, and so that's why I'm getting pissed off. Because, you know, I mean, you guys have met me. If I, you know, had walked in expecting to hate it and it was bad, I should be thrilled because I got to be right, but instead I'm just angry because it's another mediocre movie when they could have done something interesting. So I'm giving it a one. Ooh, that's pretty low. Yeah. Oh, wait, Ooh, a one uh... what? What's my metric? Oh, yeah, you didn't let me let me get to the metric. So from uh, one to five secret Hawkeye farms. <laughs> one. One secret Hawkeye farm. Yeah, which okay. is one too many. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, we didn't even get into that. Oh, that was... Well, the oof. wife says, oh, okay. can you fix the tractor? I'm like, why do you have a tractor? Um, <laughs> I was we, being disruptive we, by that point. <laughs> we, we farm alfalfa. Mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. yeah right. uh, Jeff, final thought. Uh, did some things well, did some things not so well. <laughs> Still impressive because it's a very difficult concept to have to create a movie out of. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Okay, so, so from one to five, sudden interests in meteorites. I'm going to say 2.75 sudden interests in meteorites. <laughs> wow. That's because I couldn't decide between two point five and three. Yeah, yeah. Still, that's still, still. Uh, all right, John. Slightly better than middle of the road. Slightly. <laughs> uh, John, final thought. Uh, well, I mean, I, I I didn't go into this with super high expectations. Um, you know, I wanted to have some fun, and I think it it did deliver on that. But you know, I I thought that it would carry the ball a little farther up the field um, consequence wise but um overall it like i said it gave me what i wanted so i overall it delivered okay and from uh one to five big green genitalia jokes uh i'd, I'd say three a three this is very muted compared to avengers i just want to say this is pretty low and surprising me so final thought for me uh, yeah, I, I feel like uh, the first Avengers, like I said, disappointment for me personally at the time. And I went in here sort of determined to emotionally divorce myself from the material and just, like I said, watch the cool shit. That said, I thought a lot of the cool shit was kind of cool, but a lot of that stuff did not make me, like, undivorced myself from the movie. Like, it didn't suck me back in emotionally in any way. Um, and I, like we said, I think the, I don't know, the marketing plan for Marvel was just on full display over story. So that was sort of disappointing. So from one to five weirdo Russian ballet hallucinations, mm-hmm. I will give this 2.5 hallucinations. So that averages about two, two and a half-ish. Maybe it's it's like low twos, a little over two. So... <laughs> That's pretty low for us. We're usually big fans of this stuff, so let that uh, tell the tale. Let, let the math, solid math, science, really tell the tale of <laughs> of, of our experience no, with Age of Ultron. What's the conversion rate of all of our metrics? And <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> the genitalia one counts the most. Yeah, um, big floppy hulky dick. <laughs> so that's it. Age of Ultron kicking off the summer. Speaking of that, uh, Jeff, <laughs> who uh, got first pick in our fancy summer box office of this year, uh, very obviously and smartly took Age of Ultron and uh, scored, what, 188 points? Oh, we're um, rounding up the... now, huh? Yeah, I think we got to, uh, just for whole um, numbers and simplicity's sake. So that's huge. The real challenge is if my card, my entire card, is even going to reach that. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. So congrats, Jeff, on on basically hitting a grand slam. Well, with I worked first batter. so hard. <laughs> um, it was really a very difficult decision. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 was. I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I was I was surprised. Came out of nowhere. Uh, I was. I'm actually surprised it didn't beat the last one. 
which well I yeah it's it a turtle flop right that, <laughs> i think it was probably the the mayweather pacquiao fight and the kentucky derby and there were a lot of like high build sporting events that also were popular in like the young sort of male demographic mm-hmm yeah, suddenly mm-hmm. everyone on my Twitter feed watches boxing all of a sudden. I don't know what the yeah, hell. Yeah, what the fuck was that about? I, I had no <laughs> idea what the hell was going on. Stupid. Everyone was Stupid. so into boxing. I don't I don't even know that much about it. That's yeah. how clueless I am about boxing. Right. But uh, <laughs> well done. Well done, Twitter. Mm-hmm. And well done to Jeff. We'll see, uh, I think, Mad Max, which is, God, my first pick. I think that's next. Wait. Um, we got a bit of business. Because we got a bit of, Oh, yeah. Oh. Jeff fucked up again. <laughs> I of, forgot we address business. this. Okay, so we made a joke last week that every year, or almost every year, Jeff picks a movie that uh, is so reviled by the people who made it, uh, they, they, <laughs> they bury it. They kick it out of summer. So uh, that happened again, amazingly, which is three times for Jeff. Um, <laughs> so this time it was Pan, which yep. he picked um, as a money-making um, and uh, as a money maker, it was the last pick <laughs> of, of the entire draft. That's that's correct. It was the last pick of the yeah. entire draft. So that got booted to I think October. I couldn't believe it. I I was laughing uh, so hard when I sent you guys that email uh, that that happened. I just could not fucking believe it. Jeff, you get you get you get like a bonus pick now. If that had been a bomb pick, I do think that we need a rule in place for next year to award that because that is indicative of, of how poorly even the people who made the movie think it's going to do. <laughs> so for next time, we'll have some points waiting for that. But because this was a, just a money-making pick, you do get a replacement movie to replace Pan. I think I'm going to go with uh, Magic Mike. Mike. All right. Which I think will, will, will be solid. A solid third pick. Honestly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that might... Uh... Mad Max might make as much as that movie, so <laughs> we'll see. There's a lot of I'm hearing great things for C. I'm hearing, I'm hearing, yeah, that's true. I'm hearing great things about Mad Max. Not that it's going to make a lot Mad of money, Max but just that it's supposed to be, supposed good, to be might... good. Yeah, I don't think it's going to make money, but I do, I do hope that it's good. So it let's might be real good in the same way that Dread was really good. You know? Yeah. It's like oh, I God, think it'll I be Dread. good. Like Prometheus was good. No. No, Prometheus made money. I mean, Dread, Dread was good, but didn't make that much money. That's, I think, what I was trying to Jeff, don't talk to me about Prometheus making money, because that was my first pick the first <laughs> year we did that, and it made, like, 50 or something. It made, like, nothing. Hey, let me pick Spider-Man. Yeah, this wasn't Dread, though. Oh, God. <laughs> Prometheus. We got a lot of jokes out of Prometheus, though, so maybe it was all worth it. Just like Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, teamwork. So let's get warm and fuzzy. <laughs> let's end this episode the way we end every episode with our Geek of the Week. You find out what we've been watching or reading or doing or what kites we've been flying in the past week. Uh, so let's start with John. John, what have you been doing? I am not scooping you on this one, Rob. But, oh, um, God damn it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the final issue of uh, Batman Endgame came out this week. Last week, rather than last Wednesday. And that was the sixth and final issue of the Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's second and supposedly final Joker arc in the Batman books. I guess I'll spoil it. Yeah, spoilers. So at the end, Joker and Batman sort of take each other out, and it appears as though Batman perishes deep under Gotham City. And it appears that he is uh, dead and and missing. And then, so there's a you know like sort of like a eulogy ending. And then on Free Comic Book Day, they released a sh- a little short story that reveals that Jim Gordon is actually the new Batman in sort of like a robotic, yeah, like an mechanical Iron Man suit. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I thought that was that was pretty cool, but that that's about the only thing that I've I've been up to in the last it, week. Well, was it disappointing for you, the end game finale? I don't know how I feel about it. Just yeah, I, I think that whenever you kill off a, a major comic book character, it doesn't feel 
Yeah. It doesn't feel concrete. Like, and you, you know it's not going to last. No. So It feels um, like someone's jingling keys in front of my face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, it was pretty good, I guess. Well, I might touch on that in my Geek of the Week. But I like that arc, but not the final issue as much. But I'll get into that. I might talk about it, too, and break the rules. So We had rules. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we had rules, damn it. Since when? This isn't the Wild West. Um, <laughs> Kristen, let's, uh, let's knock it over to you. Okay, so the Fifty Shades of Grey DVD is out this week. and uh, No way. Yeah. I don't give a shit, but my mother does. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure they plan oh. this. Because, oh. you know, mark your calendars, everyone. It's Mother's Day this weekend. Yeah, my mom texted me this. And so she said, there's an unrated version. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. And at first I told her, like, look, I don't make you buy me my porn. Um, so, <laughs> but then I was just like, fine. And so I'm shopping for it. And it turns out the unrated version is only on Blu-ray. Like, oh, thank God. And then today my mother texts me and says... So, what kind of Blu-ray player do you have? And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, no. Yeah. You gotta get it. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> oh, God. And apparently she's been in the market for one for a while, but I'm like, you're buying this so that I can get you 50 shit. This is disgusting. Yeah. But yeah, in, in less gross news, I started reading Red Dragon today because Hannibal comes back in like a month. So, I'm gearing yeah. up for that. So, yeah, I've already read the f- first three acknowledged books. I refuse to acknowledge Hannibal Rising. And so, because it's bonkers. So, yeah, I'm going to reread the Thomas Harris trilogy. Are they good, the books? Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, yeah. I mean, so far I'm like 100 pages into Red Dragon. I read them when I was pretty young. Uh, and so a lot of stuff went right over my head. But rereading it now, and, and it's interesting, like, you know, I read a lot on my Kindle or on you know, trade paperbacks, and this is, you know, like a mass market, and there's something about, like, that format even, I mean, it's literally, like, shorter pages, so you're flipping them faster, it's just mm-hmm. conducive to just, like, reading really fast, and, like, getting through it, you know, in that kind of pulpy genre sense, and so there's, like, I remember about him, there's, like, all these, like, little gruesome details of just, like, you know, when you're in a mystery novel, and the word labia comes up, it's never going to be good. <laughs> And smashed mirrors, what the fuck? But, yeah, it, it's been interesting. Like, it, It's interesting to see the little bits that they picked for the show. Because they do kind of pick and choose and, you know, go to hell of the timeline and stuff. Um, because, you know, the show isn't even in this timeline yet. They've already used a whole bunch of stuff from it. So, yeah, it's been interesting. Hmm. <laughs> well, I'm not, I don't, I'm probably not going to dive into the books, but I am looking forward to the show returning. Yay. Um. There's a brand new trailer out as of recording today, and oh, oh, I'll, I'll watch that. It's very. I mean, it's not a lot of stuff we haven't seen. Well, anyway, it's very Bedelia focused. So, ooh, Bedelia. Yeah, something going on there, man. Anyway, cool, cool, cool. Jeff, you're on the spot. Well, give, speaking give cool of, uh, yeah, speaking of Marvel, uh, I've been working my way through Netflix's Daredevil, which uh, has been surprisingly good so far. How far are you I'm into it? Maybe seven or eight episodes mm. or so. Okay. You know, I, I like what they're doing with the villain in particular. I think it's a, it's a fun sort of turn the concept on its head game, at least thus far. We'll, we'll see if they follow through. I've been liking it a lot. I think it's one of the stronger pieces of the MCU, I guess, if, it, if you could call it that. Sure. And... Uh, you know, there, there's probably one scene of unnecess- of truly unnecessary violence per episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I said per episode. It's like it's like most of it's most of it's just like generic, you know, fight scene stuff, and that's fine. But then they're like, no, let's let's uh, we gotta show some bone. Yep. Uh, just, let's yeah. just do that for for no reason. <laughs> you know, people like that stuff. So uh, for some reason, you know, whoever's the the. DP or AD on this show is uh, literally like, you know, grew up in Staten Island and you, you know, know used to kill, kill people themselves? for the mafia. You know, it's a fun way to kill yourself is impaling yourself through the brain. Oh yeah, yeah. That made yeah. He's just gonna he's just gonna headbutt it. Yeah, real hard. What the fuck? <laughs> the fuck. 
That's um, the point where I, uh, I was like, life is too short. Uh. <laughs> I watched all of Daredevil, and there were parts of it I very much liked. I think if it would, had been six episodes, it would have been great. Um, it's like 13. Uh, so, I, Jeff, where you are right now is the point where I start to, like, spiral down a, 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 long, mm-hmm. a long funnel of why. Um, so, <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Rob. Now I have so, so much to look forward to. So, so enjoy the rest of the show, as I'm saying. But uh, no, I'm interested to hear your thoughts when you're all through with it because I do think it finished strong on a few different elements. But uh, the middle was what got me. So, keep watching and uh, let me know what you think. So that leaves me, and I too finished DC's uh, or Batman's. Uh, called endgame endgame finale uh i i previously said that even though i'm not a big fan of the joker i'm kind of saturated with joker stuff right now i was digging this this story i thought that it was exploring some new territory with the character and sort of like this possibility that he's supernatural but doing it in a way because that's stupid but doing it in a way that actually seems spooky and weird and uh, i really dug that it was kind of like subtle and like x-file-ish it was like cool and, um, yeah, and then that ended, that last issue just didn't play for me. It, it was sort of like just a return to form for sort of Snyder's, Scott Snyder's, I would consider some of his uh, worst habits as a writer. There's a lot of monologues. There's a lot of explaining stuff that we couldn't have possibly known that, like, has a really big bearing of, on the on the story. So, yeah, a little disappointing. What else, what else have I? Oh, no, okay, nope. I got a thing. I finished <laughs> Cry My... Uh, was it Flow My Tears? Uh, the Policeman Said by Philip K. Dick. So, it was good. I'm making the good. goonies face right now. I'm making about. the goonies face. <laughs> uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't like it as much as I enjoyed Ubik, which is probably my favorite book uh, by the same author. What I found most interesting was that there were a lot of big similarities between the stories, and there are like visual elements and like conceptual elements that are like a perfect Venn diagram between those two novels. So it was good. It was easy read, very engaging. The end got kind of like sluggish and moody for me, where Ubik got like faster and more frantic and like felt more like very sharp and modern and cinematic and pop, where this one was just like, and then. He goes to the gas station and he has like a thought, and I'm like, this cannot be how this this book fucking ends. But it did, and it did it did leave me with you know feelings of despair and um, existential dread, which is what I what I hope for in these books. But uh, just wasn't as as like sharp and punchy as Ubik. So uh, recommended, but not I don't know maybe like a three star recommendation mm-hmm. out of five. So I will read more of Philip K. Dick uh, if uh, if that uh, is a victory for the author. I dig him and uh, look forward to reading another book by him. So if anyone has a Philip K. Dick recommendation, lay it on me. Darkly. I've only re- is that a short story or is that a whole book? That's a novel. That's a novel? I was talking about it last week. Um, I, know you're, I know you were talking about it last week, but... I, I, uh, I don't know. If I've seen the movie, I'm just going to be thinking of the movie the whole time. Okay. Um, I mean, I read uh, Man in the High Castle. and I. Uh, oh, was that good? I wasn't crazy about it. Uh, okay. Because it right. just sort well, of let's... flops to an ending. Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, that's, that's how this one was. That's yeah. How this one was, so. uh, well, I think that ties it all up in a very attractive and festive bow. <laughs> <clears throat> Little yes. So let's go around the table and uh, find out where we can meet all of our crack podcasters online. John, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at John Straub. You switched it. Oh, that's right. You did switch it. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Sneaky. I did. Sneaky. Jeff, where can we find you? Uh, nowhere right now. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Jeff. Someday. Someday. Good luck. Fucking killing me. All right. Can't find Jeff. Can't find Jeff. Can't find Jeff. He's not real. He's a figment of our collective imaginations. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be funny if that was totally true? <laughs> Hilarious. That would be a concern. Get in touch but... with Jeff? Too fucking bad. I, I'd laugh. 
I don't know about you guys, but I would laugh. But uh, if a specter right. laughs in the woods, does it really happen? You should ask yourself that question as you lie awake in bed tonight, Kristen. Oh, I'm carving it into the walls of my cell right now. <laughs> Good. Uh, Kristen, where can we find you other than your cell? <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter at Nero's Liar. And you can find me, Rob, on Twitter as well, at Heroes Are Boring. You can find our podcast website, our official website, at tisbycast.com. We have a Tumblr as well as uh, This Is Serious Business Podcast. No. Fuck! It's been, been a while. It's been a little dormant, but it's just This Is Serious Business Cast.tumblr.com. This Is Serious Business Cast at Tumblr.com. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's where that is. And actually, uh, I, I booted up the podcast Twitter backup. Uh, so hooray for that. Um, it's not quite as active as it was before yet, but you can find that at uh, Tisby, Tisby Podcast. I really, really should have just looked at these things before <laughs> the one on the air. It is Tisby Podcast on Twitter. So as usual, uh, I don't know how to end this. So, um... Excelsior. Ugh. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> this fucking day. Hey man, getting married hey. uh, isn't a sprint; it's a marathon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what I'm told anyway. That was a rueful uh, laugh from John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad every time I see Jeff. I can, I can tell. I can feel his pain. I, I know. We're. I, I know he's in the thick of it right now. It's just. It's a new battle every time I see him. Oh, buddy. It'll be worth it. <laughs> seems so much better now. This is serious business. Big floppy healthy dick. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs>